podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time as Manchester United manager ended on Sunday morning. It's come after a run of games where United look nothing of the sort. Disjointed, unorganised, lacking in drive or belief. Thrashing to Liverpool was painful, so gutless defeat to Manchester City was nothing surprising really. But a thrashing at the hands of Watford, that was really quite gut-wrenching. Solskjaer leaves United with his head held high, a genuinely lovely man who has given his all. And yes, that's what you expect from a Manchester United manager. But in football, you don't always find people at the very top of the game that handle themselves with dignity, humility and grace. And that's what Solskjaer did throughout, no matter how many times he was under pressure and no matter how many times he was thrown under the bus by those at the top of the club. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast in what is, I think, a genuinely sad day uh, for supporters of this club. There have been many moments where it seemed right for Solskjaer's time as manager to end and in the end, uh, it seems the moment had passed. This was a, a drawn out, painful conclusion to an otherwise significant contribution to this club as a player and a manager. But in months and years to come, I think we'll look back very fondly on some truly wonderful moments while he was at the helm. And to be honest, I'm not sure anything will really come close to following United with Oregon and Solskjaer as manager. Jack, I think today we're we're being brief, partly for reasons of time, but also because I think rather than the argument about how much good he did, when he should have gone, uh, I think we can wait on that for another time. And just for now, to focus on the fact that Ole as United manager is no longer, and this is just a genuinely sad day. It felt like I've just been travelling down from Manchester to London. I'm flying to Valencia tomorrow ahead of the Villarreal game what should be a, a brilliant week away. Um, I'm very lucky to be going, but at the same time, kind of travelling down with a cloud of sadness over my head because we all yearn to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer win a trophy with this club and it won't happen. Yeah, it's it's an overwhelmingly sad day and that really is just my my overriding feeling about all of this. I think, you know, we. it wasn't a, a shock to me to wake up this morning to the news. I think we all no. sort of saw it coming and yet there's still just a huge amount of, of sadness and not regret, to be honest, that it hasn't worked out. Just I feel sad and I also feel grateful for what he's done for this club because he made following this he made following Man United for the last three years more enjoyable than it has been at any time since Sir Alex Ferguson's retirement, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And not only did he make it fun, he made it fun with maybe not the success that we ultimately wanted, but with the most success that we've had in a long time. To me, he is without a doubt the best manager that we've had post Sir Alex Ferguson. And, and I will always be grateful for what he's done for the club, but it is just an extremely sad day. It's sad and it's it's strange because I've never seen a manager leave a football club on such amicable terms. And I guess that was maybe to be expected given social status at the club beyond just his managerial title and you know the fact that he is just simply a very lovely yeah lovely man but you know the fact that he's done this very amicable interview with United sort of the farewell interview and that all of the tweets from the players you know thanking him and congratulating him on what he's done this isn't normal for a manager when they leave and you know there is and definitely was bad blood I think between the fans and Ollie and the club because action maybe should have been taken earlier, but there remains almost no bad blood, I think, between fans and the man, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And that is 
a truly unique situation to be in. And I think says a lot about Solskjaer, the way he's carried himself, yeah. the way he's been as a United manager. And also just makes you even more sad because it's testament to how much we all wanted it to succeed. Yeah. Because it's not just about his history as a player. It is... If, if you could have that history of a player, but not have the connection that he had with supporters, not just match-going fans, but also fans around the world. And he just, it, it's a cliche that that you don't always want to hear again and again every week at the top level of football, but he did understand and does understand what Manchester United is about. And there are lots of people who do understand what United is about working at United, but in the top positions, I'm not sure there are that many. And he did. Um, and as you say, yeah, he not only did he give it his all, but he carried himself in a manner that I think everyone at United should aspire to, but we should all aspire to in general. And in the end, it's not worked. And this was a very sad way to end. But I think also that he can, yeah, it wasn't a surprise at all. I think most people after the Watford game, certainly by the evening, were uh, were pretty sure it was going to come the next day. Um and so it wasn't a surprise, but what was a surprise is that after all this, I thought, I thought I, I'd already got the sadness from the bad run of form. But when it did end, despite it needing to end, it was just very sad. And I think it's because there have been so many highs under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Honestly, so many moments yeah. that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Whether I was there in the shortly after he took over I wasn't at the first game against Cardiff which for many people is just one of the best ever in their time following United but I was at seven or eight in that first run of however many wins it was in a row 17 or or 17 unbeaten or however many was it unbeaten and however many wins in a row I was at plenty of them and just the atmosphere the mood around the club at that time was was just really really special and it has been again at so many other times even during COVID with some incredible wins where we're scoring five, six at, at 1.9. Yeah, that run and Project Restart was was yeah. so fun to watch despite no fans being there. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, we'll always have Paris and that's true. But is that, yes, maybe that's the one I'll, I'll really remember, but I actually, I'm, I'm not sure it is. There are, I'm not sure there is one moment in the Solskjaer era that I will pick out particularly but I think I'll remember a few years where, yes, there have been lots of downs and too many of them, and particularly in the last few months, it's been really, really, really bad. Just utterly torrid, some of the performances. But there have been sustained moments of brilliance and excitement and and real hope. Um, and yeah, that's what's sad at the moment, is that all the hope has been gone, has been taken out. Yeah, it- it's not only the hope has been taken out, but I think, you know, the expectation and the hope from the start of the season as well. It's not just this sort of short term hope. It's that, you know, we've said this before that he became a bit of a victim of his own success, having built the squad so well and ultimately sort of wasn't able to deliver that final piece. But I mean, the moments that he's given us, it's, it's, bit, it's, it's quite incredible. I think when you, when you actually take stock of the the moments that we've had under Solskjaer in these three years, almost three years, and compare that to the, you know, the previous, what was it, six years, five yeah. and a half years since Sir Alex retired. And it, I think Solskjaer provided more in that time than all of those other years combined. I mean, not only did you have Paris, like you said, which to me probably like it was an amazing, amazing day. But I think partially because he hadn't been given the job permanently then isn't, what sticks or foremost in my mind 
you know, that, that running project restart was incredible. You know, all the Derby wins against City, three times beating Pep Guardiola yeah, yeah. was, was really incredible. Deep. Yeah, especially one that really sticks in my mind is is McTominay's goal and the, the very final game at Old Trafford before COVID shut down the, the league. McTominay scoring from 35, 40 yards in the open net to finish off Man City at Old Trafford will live long, long in the memory for me. And like I said, he, he just, he brought fun back to Man United. This is a team that, I'm not going to lie, at times under Jose Mourinho was difficult to follow. It was difficult to root for a lot of the people involved in Manchester United. The the love with the with the club never wavers, but I think as fans, we all felt very disillusioned from the team under Jose Mourinho, partially because of him, partially because of the way the club was being run, partially because of the attitude of some of the players. And Solskjaer has completely reversed that. And I think in my adult life, I've never felt so connected and so, yeah, yeah. I guess, invested in, the, in a team, in a group because of players, in a group of individuals. And so that is all down to Solskjaer. Yeah. And I think because in an era where football, certainly at the top level, just appears to be racing away from us as fans, there was yeah. still this man in charge... There were lots of other examples where United but were getting further and further away from the fans, but still you had this glue of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right at the heart of it, which made you felt connected to the team. And that persisted I, even I think, when we were I losing. think we spoke about this a, a little bit, maybe after the Super League debacle, but I remember saying on here, we were saying that United, despite how, how big and commercial it's got, has always felt a bit more like a family club and a bit more of a family feel compared to other really big clubs. And Solskjaer brought that back to United massively. He understood that that was a huge part of what made Manchester United special. And like, and as you say, it has been drifting away from fans so much. And I'm sure it will continue to drift away from fans. But how joyous has it been to feel that aspect of what makes United special come back so much? And it, yeah. you know, it's telling that in his farewell interview, one of the first things that Solskjaer mentions is the connections that he's made both with new people at inside Man United and also old old friends who are still there and were there when he was a player. And I think it was really telling that that was one of the first things that he brought up. That he does understand that this club ultimately is different to other big yeah. clubs. And the other thing he brought back was pride as well as fun and excitement. It was pride in Manchester United again. And I think from the moment that Louis van Gaal was sacked, moments after winning the FA Cup, for the club right through the Mourinho days I'm not sure there was that much pride in being a United fan we had great fun we had good moments and we kind of bought into the the Mourinho mentality but always with this underlying feeling of why is our manager pretending we've won three trophies why is our manager throwing the players under the bus and all of that but yeah Solskjaer brought pride in and in the end, I, I think I think there was a fear, certainly from me, but I think from other people, that this run was very, very quickly unravelling all the good work that was done and kind of far, faster decline than we ever could have envisaged after all the good work was done. But I hope, because I think the reaction already shows that this will be, we will be able to move on from this quickly. I hope that the long-term effect, I hope, will be reasonably minimal. And the only way that it could really last is a mental effect on the players. And that is a worry. But generally, 
Solskjaer leaves United in so much more of a better position than when he took over with a better behind the scenes operation, a better squad, a better fan to team relationship, if we've just been saying. And yeah, he was the glue that held the club together. And I think that's his, yeah, that, that was his achievement is he, he not only papered over the cracks that existed at United from the rot that has started coming from the top, but he actually improved things. Not enough. There is still so much more to be done if United are ever to be successful again. But he didn't just paper over the cracks. He genuinely improved the foundations of the club while winning games. And that's an achievement. And and the truth is, ultimately, he overachieved for a long time in all areas and then underachieved massively this season. Yeah, I think that the, the last thing you said there was, it kind of sums up Solskjaer's reign perfectly. It was a, a great three years that ended with a a massive sort of few months of underachievement. And I think in the moment, obviously, and quite understandably, fans became frustrated at that. And that at the moment is probably what sticks, looms large in our in our minds, but I don't think it should overshadow everything that came before because, you know, we've we've said so many times in this podcast, and I think there is general recognition of that of this now, that the problems at Man United are far bigger than any manager. Doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter whether it's Solskjaer, Mourinho, Guardiola, Klopp, it doesn't matter who it would be. There are issues at Man United that run far beyond whoever's in the dugout. But Solskjaer, I think, has done a lot to try and improve the conditions that under which any new manager will be operating whenever that decision is made. And that is probably, honestly, his his most telling legacy. I think his his most telling legacies will probably be some of the players, some of the improvement, I think especially Mason Greenwood, if he goes on to have the career that we all hope, I think, you know, Greenwood's career will be a legacy of Solskjaer's. But I honestly think the biggest thing that he will leave behind is that he will leave this club in a far better state than he joined it. And I don't mean that just in terms of the squad that he's left, which he has obviously improved, but the conditions under which any manager are going is going to be operating whenever they are appointed are going to be far from perfect, but much more favourable than they would have been had they joined when Mourinho was sacked three years ago. And that is a, yeah. probably the biggest and most important thing that Solskjaer will leave behind as he as he exits Man United. Yeah. In the end, he did what he was brought in to do. He stabilised the club and built the foundations. Yeah. And it, in doing that, it lasted longer than anyone imagined and certainly too long. It's now obvious, we can now say, it was fun while it lasted for the most part, but it was too long. And the, what hurts is that the right time for someone else to step in and build on the really strong foundations that he built passed quite a while ago. Um, and it was incompetence and indecision at the top that led to this situation where it all nearly unraveled. I don't think it has un- all unraveled, but it, it has come close to. The mood has worsened uh, certain values that, Solskjaer was operating under were kind of sacrificed um, I think the ideal yeah, I think, almost would have been for Solskjaer to ride off into the sunset after winning the Europa League final in May oh absolutely June, yeah and and then yeah. be replaced by the person to take on everything that he left behind that would have been the absolute ideal because he doesn't and I don't think he will be remembered I don't think history will remember Solskjaer as for these last month or so but I, I wish that he was able to have his day in the sun and be able to ride off into the sunset as I think he deserved because he will go down in my mind as a, as a very, very good Manchester United manager. And I, and I don't, 
a recency bias, obviously, I think will, will cloud some of his legacy, at least for a few months as people, you know, struggle to get over how bad we've been for the last six weeks or so. But history should remember Solskjaer in a very positive light. And I can only, I only wish that he was able to leave in a positive mood. Yeah. This was not the way it should have ended. Um, but like we said, I, this I, is in to some degree his own making, not because he he did anything wrong, but his his own success. He he exceeded yeah. any of our well, expectations. I think if you go back to December twenty eighteen, I don't think any of us would have thought yeah. we'd be in this position yeah. by now. Yeah. And yet, because he did that, he has created a, a situation that he can't now continue because you know, the, the expectations got so high because he got us to this point so much faster than anyone expected. Yeah, I don't think I'll remember him as a very, very good Manchester United manager. And I think there has to be some acceptance of that. He was a good Manchester United manager who improved so many things and gave us so many great moments, but you can't leave Manchester United without a trophy and be considered amongst the very best. And obviously that comes down to one or two kicks in Gdansk, but that's the nature of football. Yeah, I think I'll remember him as, I, I mean, I will remember him as Ole Kunisovsky, a club legend who brought me some of the best moments of my life. But ultimately, a, a man who gave it his all, did very well, came very close, but couldn't take the next step. And as he tried to take the next step, kind of fell over. Um, maybe to qualify that, think, maybe rather than a very good Manchester United manager, history will remember him as a very important manager. Important, United manager. yeah. I think that's what we hope for. I think even in summer, and I mean, we've said this many times over the last three years, but we hoped, our optimistic hope for Solskjaer was that he would set United up to be managed by someone else and take us to a league title. And we can still hope that. Do I think it's going to happen under the current, under the way the, the club is run at the moment? No. But I think Solskjaer has done his best to make that possible. Uh, I think there's a lot of anger at the way that this has happened and the way that this has been drawn out not just from a moral perspective in terms of Ole and how he's had to deal with it, but just as a club, no other club in the world would sat their manager in the game after the final international break of the year, before the busiest schedule of the year. It's just mind-blowing incompetence. But just before we wrap up... The second time in a row that we've done yeah, that, by the way, yeah, as well. Yeah. Because don't forget Mourinho was sacked, what, late November, early December? And again, after we handed a, another three-year contract to, to extension to, to the manager only months before... Um, it's it's just it's um, well it's believable because we've seen it all before but it, it should be unbelievable should we just before we wrap up and then maybe our last thing we pick our favourite moment but in short what did where has this come from for me it's come from him wanting to make United a dominant attacking team and attempting to do that but failing to be able to implement that and execute it and it's that combined with Ronaldo's signing, which for several reasons, one has raised expectations massively and two has had a knock-on effect on other players in the team and uh, the way that United have to play. And together, those things have led to a, a much more rapid decline than we ever could have envisaged. Yeah, those, those things you mentioned absolutely are two of the biggest reasons. I think another thing is that this United team under Solskjaer has always been very streaky. And that has always been the way. And I think the combination of expectations rising to a point where being a streaky team wasn't really acceptable anymore. And then also the fixture list presenting us with such a hard run has meant that a team that are already streaky were perfectly set up to go on 
you know, one of the worst streaks that we've ever seen. And ultimately that just wasn't, it wasn't, a, a, it wasn't possible to sit there and let that happen anymore. And I, and I don't mean that to say that, you know, that's an excuse. It's not an excuse. Yeah. It's just that the way that the fixtures set up, it meant that a team that was already very prone to going on, you know, some really, really long highs and then some very long lows. It was sort of the perfect storm for us to go on a very low and very long low. And that's what happened. And it, with the expectations where they were, it's, it's not, it's not okay to sit there and accept a, a bad streak to be going on like it has. Yeah. Favourite moment of the Oligan Solskjaer era? You can pick two maybe, or three. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll give it out. Maybe I'll give three. I, I won't include Paris, like we said, because I think, I almost don't associate that quite so much with, with Solskjaer, but the ones I, I would say, one would be the first game, Rashford's free kick going yeah. in in particular yeah. against Cardiff. Because wasn't that the first time we'd scored five in the Premier League yeah. since Ferguson retired? Yeah, and just, emph- and I remember- just emphasise that point. We scored five or more goals on 10 occasions in 168 games under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And under the previous three managers, 302 games, we only did it twice. And I think that emphasises how how good it was. Um, that's I think that's one of his main achievements. That not just because oh, we did a few in the first few months, but just being able to have, making United a team that properly battered teams again. That alongside back to back top three finishes, uh, long unbeaten runs, and the unbeaten away run um, are probably his main achievements. But yeah, I definitely agree. Cardiff was. I, you can almost kind of do your three favourite moments, one from each kind of section of yeah. the Solskjaer era, but Cardiff first game is definitely my first one, yeah. Then two others that, that spring to mind are, I mentioned before, McTominay's goal, the final goal before yeah, COVID agreed. shut down the Premier League. And then this isn't so much a moment, I guess, as a sort of time, but... Project restart as well. I thought, yeah, just watching that United team play, despite the fact the fans weren't there, which obviously takes the gloss off it. We were just so fun to watch. The Brighton game where we scored that incredible counter-attacking goal really springs to mind. Yeah, so I agree on the first two: Cardiff and and McTominay. Those, I mean, McTominay especially the goal against City will. I mean, that will go down. I think as a lot of people's best, one of the best ever's moments. Um. I, I kind of want to include something from the run earlier this year where we were top of the league for a while. But obviously fans yeah, weren't point. fans weren't there, so it wasn't quite the same. Uh and we had a League Cup semi final defeat in the midst of that. The six two against Leeds around Christmas time was special, even watching at home. But I don't think I can kind I don't think I can include any from that season just because we we didn't get to be there. Um I might actually include one from this season, weirdly, but I, th- I think the Leeds game, mainly the Varane unveiling, because it just, as I said on a podcast yeah. at the time, it felt like it felt like United were champions again, just for a moment, and we obviously weren't. And what has happened after has made that comment almost uh, comical. But it, it that day just felt like we were parading around, and then we showed it on the pitch as well. And that's that's been rare for United, that combination of acting like champions off the pitch, but also doing it on the pitch. That's very rarely happened. But on that one day, it did happen. And that was 
and especially it was return for fans as well. That was incredible. Yeah. Um, so that'll probably yeah, the be Leeds, the Leeds game and, and even the Newcastle game with Ronaldo coming back are both, you know, really high on that list, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Okay. Let's wrap up. Does the um despite the fact that this was a pretty terrible performance, does the the late, late winner against Villarreal come into that anywhere as well? Uh not for me, just because it's been in this run of of horrible, horrible games. I feel like that was the last the last hurrah almost of Solskjaer's magic. Well, Atalanta. In fairness, was coming from two goals behind. That's not something people really do in a half in a Champions League game. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's but fair. again, clouded by what's been around. Yeah. Um, okay, Actually, we will sorry, be back another, later another, in the week. Sorry, I'm just going Go off on Solskjaer <laughs> moments now. The other one that I would mention as well is... Um, the 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 lesser remembered trip to Paris with Rashford's skull and like the eighth minute brilliant. that was yeah. a great moment as well. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty. There's so many. Um, yeah, we'll be back later in the week to talk about where it went wrong a bit more, maybe, and what comes next for United. Um, until then, have a great week. Enjoy Tuesday's game. Uh, United under Michael Carrick's management for a crucial Champions League match in Spain, which we really have to draw or win. Um, I'm off to the game so I need to get to bed before a very very early flight uh, to Valencia but yeah it's been quite the ride under Ole and I really am going to miss watching United under his management listening to him speak about United Um, plenty of ups and downs over the last two and a half three years and if you want to relive some of them here you go cheers goodbye I didn't think twice when they called me to sign me as a player and obviously this is uh, more of an honour and uh, privilege to be uh, helping the club for, uh, for a few months. Sizzling strike! Oh, what a strike! And it takes three minutes of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reign for Manchester United to score. Marcus Rashford with a stunning drive. Pogba. Oh, nice through ball, keeper comes out. There we go. Five-star Manchester United. For the first time since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, Manchester United score five in a league game. Jesse Lingard's got a couple of them. What a day for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United. They have demolished Cardiff. First game, first win, five goals. It's easy, isn't it, managing Man United in the Premier League? Yeah, well, football's easy if, you, uh, if you've got good players. They are such a great bunch of players and the quality is just unbelievable. But it's Manchester United who've won this FA Cup tie tonight. The fourth round has started with an absolute cracker in this clash of the titans. Manchester United have done the business for their flawless interim manager. Kevin Trent blows his whistle and Manchester United are into the FA Cup quarter-final. They are thoroughly, thoroughly deserved winners tonight. The penalty awarded via VAR. It comes down to Marcus Rashford against Gianluigi Buffon. How's your bottle? when people get a new job and they say it's the dream job they've had and they've always dreamt about or play for that club or manage this club that's more true to any uh, to me than to anyone one step at a time and i've said all along i'm i'm going to be successful here
and there are players there that won't be part of that successful team. But there are players there that, of course, many of these uh, do have it. Statement of intent. An opening day hammering. United thrashing Chelsea. All smiles at Old Trafford. And what a result on the opening day for Ollie's Reds. United 4, Chelsea 0. Well, that performance tonight, it might do him a favour in the transfer market. It might, you know, just spur the club on to, to, sp to spend that extra few million on, on whatever Fernandez or Sporting Lisbon or more importantly his, his agent want that extra five or six million might, might get done now tomorrow because of this Here's Bruno Fernandez then oh he's a class act he's off the mark in a red shirt Bruno Fernandez won the penalty took the penalty and United lead James can chase Aderson fair experience is hurried And it's an own goal from Harry Maguire. No, I'm, I'm beating like less. But what's going on with my club? What's going on today? I'm, I'm really emotional right now. Seriously, Dave. And it's difficult to broke a mind like me. I'm a positive person, but I, I don't. Well, let's let's you need, try. Like, I, I don't promote the violence. But many people need like some good slap right now in this club. <laughs> but this is a great start, and he's in again here for two 0 Wow, Scott McTominay. What a start to the game for him. McTominay has two. United six, leads two. It's 1-0 to Man United and it's Juan Bissaka who scored uh, the goal. What? Yeah, it's 2-0 to Man United and it could be, Jeff. This guy, what was it, 9-0, wasn't it? Against Leicester. This ain't going to be far off, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's 3-0 to Man United. It's an own goal by... And it's 4-0 after about 40 minutes. Let's hear about Manchester United's sixth goal, Paul Merson. Yeah, McTominay, good finish. He does his little hop, sends the keeper the wrong way, and that's seven. And there's still, I would say, there's three with about four minutes of injury time. So I'd say it's about seven minutes left. Yeah, it's 8-0 and it's a very, very good goal by Martial. Yeah, it's 9-0 and it's James who scores this one. It's a great diagonal ball and of it. Fernandez just nods it back into James. He's three yards out, outside the foot, puts it in. We, uh, we didn't do enough in the 120 minutes to, uh, to score more goals. And, of course, that's, uh, that's the disappoint disappointing bit. that We, uh, we build pressure. We... Uh, we had moments that we uh, we felt that uh, if we can just kick on a little bit here now, we, you can get the goal. But um, we just couldn't. Disappointed that we concede with the first uh, first chance or only only shot they've got on target. That's that's disappointing, of course. And uh, after we scored, we uh, we pushed on for about five ten minutes. It looked like uh, the game was was there for us, but then we uh, we just couldn't kick on. No, it's not a successful season, of course. And that's the fine margins uh, margins in football. Sometimes you know one kick can uh, define a season as a as a good one uh, or as a successful one, and one uh, one kick says it's it's not. And uh, improvement, yeah, second in the league. That's probably no one expected us to be second in the league after after the start we had, after the lack of pre-season we had. But the boys have been really really good, and uh, but just came up short tonight, unfortunately, and that's. 
that's on penalties, uh, which we could have been sat here saying it's a successful season after after the same game. So, uh, but trophies matter, and that's what matters at this club. Statement opening day victory for Manchester United. And a first opening day hat-trick for a Manchester United player since 1977-78. Bruno Fernandes with an opening day hat-trick. And Paul Pogba with four assists on opening day. Manchester United five, Leeds United one. Went for goal. Goalkeeper's missed it! We've been waiting 12 years for this. So drink it in. Ronnie's back where he belongs. Ollie, here we are once again. Yep. What you can say now after an all too familiar story of poor performance and a heavy defeat. What was behind your gesture when you went across to the fans? You put your hands up at the end. No, what's the thought? I feel for the fans and I feel with the fans and I'm, I feel the, the same as them. It's uh, we're embarrassed losing uh, the way we do. We know we've been, we are in a in a very bad run, a bad situation. But that's part of football, and I know they'll support the team and whoever's. Uh, on the pitch every single day and then sometimes you've got to say sorry and that was a, a sorry for the uh, performance. Um, we are bringing you some breaking news now because we have heard that Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has uh, been sacked from Manchester United. We can confirm actually he's left the role as manager and of course he joined Manchester United uh, in December 2018 taking over uh, from Jose Mourinho. Pl repeat that breaking news. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has left Manchester United. Sports Social Podcast Network.